looking to sound like you know what's going on in the world? Pop culture, social strategy, comedy, and other funny stuff? Well, join the club and settle in for the Jeff Dwoskin Show. It's not the podcast we deserve, but the podcast we all need with your host, Jeff Dwoskin. All right, Mike, thank you so much for that amazing introduction. You get the show going each and every week, and this week is no exception. Welcome, everybody, to episode 42 of Live from Detroit, the Jeff Duoskin Show. As always, I am your host, Jeff Duoskin. Glad to have you back for another week of fun. This week's episode is awesome. I have the amazing and hilarious Brett Ernst with us today. That's right. Super funny comedian, Louis LaRusso Jr. from Cobra Kai. Brett Ernst is with us, and we're going to talk to him in just a little bit. But first, I do want to do a special shout out to my friend Ray. Ray, thank you so much for introducing me to Brett. Can't thank you enough. Ray reached out to me and said, do you know Brett Ernst? And I said, I do not. And he says, I would like to introduce you. I think he'd be great on your podcast. And there we are. I've had quite a few guests that way, and I do appreciate every introduction I ever get. Thank you all so much. If you have someone you know and you think, hey, they would be great on Live from Detroit, the Jeff Dewaskin Show, shoot me an email. Jeff at jeffisfunny.com. Say, hey, Jeff, I know this super famous person, and I would like to introduce you. And I will say, absolutely. But thanks again, Ray. I really appreciate it. This one's dedicated to you. I also want to thank everyone that subscribes and likes and follows the podcast and any of the major podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, etc., etc. Really appreciate it. Also, really love the fact that you share and tell your friends your love for the Jeff DeWaskin Show, whether it be interrupting a Zoom call during a conversation with your boss talking to a loved one. Anytime is a good time to mention Live from Detroit, the Jeff Dewaskin Show, and the joy you get from it. So thank you very much. Also, I hope you're following me on Twitter, at Jeff Dewaskin Show. We're doing lots of cool stuff on Twitter, some exclusive Twitter stuff, at Jeff Dewaskin Show. This past week, we gave away some money. That's right, we ran a little contest, gave away some money that was a tie-in to episode 41 with Kenneth Johnson creator of the Bionic Woman, V, and so much more. So check out that episode if you haven't. But also make sure you're following us on Twitter so you can get in on some of the cash money contests in the future. I also want to thank some of the podcasts that I was on recently. I was on Some Nobodies with Zach and Dylan. That was super fun. So check that out. I put that on my timeline. I also recently was on the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. Had a great time with that. Won some prizes myself. So that was cool. I also want to kind of remind everyone we do a live show. That's right. Crossing the Streams every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Part of the Scene Snobs channel. Me and a bunch of my friends, we get together and we talk about TV shows that you should be streaming. That's right. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter simultaneously. We interact with you. It's a very engaging show, so check that out. Search on YouTube, The Jeff DeWaskin Show, Facebook, facebook.com slash Jeff is funny. And you can follow along live and comment along and have fun with us while we're doing the show. In a previous episode, we did suggest everyone watch Cobra Kai. And today we have Brett Ernst from Cobra Kai in the show. Coincidence? Yes, but still amazing. I'm so happy for it. And that's coming up in just a little bit. So definitely check out Crossing the Streams. Check out those other podcasts that I was on. They're really awesome. Follow me on Twitter and all that good stuff. We're also on Instagram at Jeff DeWaskin Show as well. We're everywhere. Check it out. And you know what else you should check out? 
this week's sponsor. But first, let me thank you for supporting all the past sponsors. Week after week, I get letters and emails and tweets and Facebooks and Instagrams. Oh, thank you for the support you've been giving them. It means a lot to me. It's how we keep the lights on. This week is no different. House parties aboard, looking to spark a conversation while sipping wine. Sounds like you need a coffee table book. That's right, a coffee table book. A gorgeous, oversized book that you've never opened, but is sure to impress any visiting friends or family. Ready to appear well-read and well-rounded? Well, don't worry, there's a coffee table book for you. Want to keep your mother-in-law busy? Well, looks like it's time to dive into a book of Obama portraits. Kids feeling antsy? Time to review all the world's dogs. Your party's starting to get boring? Your friends will be over the moon that you have an entire oversized hardcover book of dad jokes. Just crack it open for such classics as, why don't eggs tell jokes? They'd crack each other up. <laughs> this graveyard looks overcrowded. People must be dying to get in. <laughs> what concert costs just 45 cents? 50 cent featuring Nickelback. <laughs> They'll be talking about your party and your coffee table books for years to come. So grab a coffee table book today. Everyone will thank you for it. Well, I'm convinced I'm going to go talk to my wife as soon as I'm done recording this podcast. I think we're going to go online shopping for some coffee table books. It sounds like it's just the thing missing from my life. And now it's time for the social media tip. All right. What I want to focus on today is hashtag roundup. I want to invite everyone to go on Twitter to at hashtag roundup, go to the Apple store, go to the Android Play store, download the hashtag roundup app. I developed the hashtag roundup app as a way to have fun stuff to do on Twitter every day throughout the day. Those of you who listen to the podcast week after week, you know I read hashtag game results from past hashtag games, but there's an opportunity for you to be part of those games as they're happening. So if you go to at hashtag roundup, every hour or so, a new hashtag gets dropped. It's a word response game. It's a premise in the form of a hashtag. Could be hashtag marriage in four words, hashtag fake Disney fill in facts. You know, it can be anything. You've heard a million examples on the past 41 shows, and there's one coming up in this episode. So you go on Twitter, you find the hashtag, and then you just add your bit of creativity to it. And you can DM us at hashtag roundup if you have any questions, but it's really just meant to have fun. And it's a great way to engage in a community so you can grow your own Twitter base. But the beautiful part about playing hashtag games, it doesn't matter if you have five followers, 10 or a thousand. When you're playing and you search on the hashtag to see who else is playing with you, you open up your community to a wide range of people. So check it out. Have fun. DM me. Shoot me an email if you have questions. And we'll see you on the Twitters. And that's the social media tip. All right, everyone. It's that time of the show. Excited to share my conversation with you that I had with the extremely hilarious and amazingly talented Brett Ernst. All right, everybody. Excited to introduce you to my next guest, comedian, actor. You love him in Cobra Kai, Brett Ernst. Brett, welcome to the show. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you having me. I'm excited to have you here. We have a mutual friend, Mike Young. Yeah, of course. So it was funny. I was I had Mike on the podcast recently, but I recorded it a while ago. And so when I was listening back to it, he started rattling off a bunch of comedians like, oh, the comedy story, yeah, the legend, yeah, da 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 da, Brett Ernst, da, da, da. and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> so I was like, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool because we had just kind of connected, and so he had just dropped your name. Did you do the Young American tour? 
Yeah, back in the day when he when he was put it together, we actually went through where you guys are, but uh, Royal Oak mm-hmm. Theater we did. Okay, I wasn't on that one, but a couple of times that he came back after, I was his local comedian for a couple of the shows with uh, Steve Renazizi. Say <laughs> you, I can never say his name. And Bobby Lee, that was quite a uh, quite a night. We connected through our friend Ray. Yes, through our mutual friend Ray. Ray was so awesome to hook us up. Appreciate that. It was once I started doing the podcast, people are like, hey, I know. <laughs> Do you want to talk? I'm like, sure. That's <laughs> usually how it goes, right? Yes. I want to, I do want to talk about Cobra Kai because I think that's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, but let's, let's go back a little bit first. What got you in the comedy? Just like everybody else, I hit a, I hit a local mic. I mean, that's the only way to really do it. All comics pretty much start the same too. That's, that's the beautiful thing about it is that no matter what level you're at, unless it's above you, every comic has been there. So, you know, I started at open mics. I actually started in Miami and then did mics for about three years and then moved to I was back and forth from New York to Miami, and then I went to L.A. And then I went to L.A. in 99 and, you know, haven't stopped since. You spent a lot of time at the Comedy Store? Yeah. So the the Comedy Store, that's like the big place, right? I mean, like for those who don't know comedy or kind of understand, I mean, that's like the end all be all, isn't it? Well, when I got in, I mean, now it's become what it used to be. Not saying it wasn't when I was there, but when I got there, you know, the first comedy boom or the second, I should say, was at the end. And, you know, the comedy store was it was it was still the place I wanted to be. It's why I moved out to Hollywood, to L.A. But, you know, it was it was kind of like, you know, it was on the ropes a little bit. And we put the time and I don't know if you saw the documentary on Showtime about the comedy store, but they discussed that my era, like the 20 years I was there. It didn't really start getting booked and packed every night until about 2017, 2018. So for about 18 years, you know, it was, it, we, we used to call it Clubber Lang's gym, like in Rocky Three. Right. It wasn't an easy room. Not everybody could do it. So we all grew up there. And by we all, I meant me, Sam Tripoli, Maj Jabrani, Sebastian, Mike Young, Rogan, Diaz, Ian, all the guys you toured with, Bobby Lee, you know, we all grew up in that OR. And in that main room, it was our home gym. Yeah, it's it's now it's it's always been a big part of history, but now more and more people are aware of it. Like that, the way it is now, it used to be in the '80s. It was packed every night. Like you know, I remember canceling shows because there wasn't enough audience members. That's the worst. But but I'm saying it's the comedy store. It'd be a Tuesday night, and we'd have like four people, and then we wouldn't start until like eleven, and then sometimes they'd be like, "Well, maybe we should cancel the show," you know. And now you can't get in the place. And they're having two shows on a Tuesday. There's like two shows every night. Well, I meant before COVID. Sure, sure, sure. How long did it take before you kind of had your break? Because I mean, you've had Comedy Central Presents. You toured with Vince Vaughn. You're in the Wild West Comedy Show. You know, you've been on Chelsea lately. Like, how long did it take before you became this overnight success that everyone kind of knew who your name, you know, you became part of? Yeah, uh, you know what? It, it never really happened that way. I mean, it, it's a series of successes and as a series of more failures and you just build on top of it. Like I would say the first, the first major thing I got was I got Montreal. I got new faces in 03. And then I got two network deals out of that, like for back to back. And then I did, you know, you, like I said, you did the late show and then I did premium blend. And then I met Vince Vaughn. And then we did the, the documentary was the first national thing I did. Right. Because it was a movie. Right. And then after that, I got my half hour 
you just kept building and building. So it was a series of things. So I would say like the first life-changing event for me was my deal with uh, ABC. And then like my first national exposure was Vince Vaughn's Wild West Comedy Tour. How does it go over meeting Vince Vaughn? And then all of a sudden him go, did he just have this idea or did, you know I mean? Like, Hey, I'm going to, I want to do this huge 30 shows. There was a show in, in LA called Dublin's that was like the hottest show for four or five years. It was every Tuesday night. They're actually going to do a documentary on it. And one of the bookers there that was on the tour with me, Ahmed Ahmed, he's been friends with Vince a long time. So Vince used to come to the show all the time. And then that's how I met him was him coming to the shows. And then we would go out and hang out afterwards. And then I had known him maybe a year or two. And then he came up with this idea of doing a benefit for these people in Dewey Beach for the for the families of like fallen soldiers. From that spawned the tour idea to, to hit 30 cities in a row and to film it. So it kind of all, you know, grew, grew together, if, if, if that makes sense. That must have been fun. Vince Vaughn, when I think Vince Vaughn, I mean, in his heyday, I always think about swingers and all that can dodgeball or some of my, my classics. Was he, is he that fun in person? Like, is he a fun? Yeah, yeah that, Vince is a great guy. He's exactly what you say. He's really hilarious, man. I mean, when he, you know, when he gets going, it's, it's, it's great to be around. You know, it's really funny. But, you know, you know we, 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 we're just guys. We drink, talk sports, same shit. But, you know, just Vince takes it to another level when it comes to like the, the clowning and funniness. He, he is, man. He's a really funny guy. Naturally funny. Just one of those dudes, you know? Outside of COVID then, do you spend most of your time touring as a stand-up comedian? I know you, you act as well, which is it you're trying to kind of do both? Are you hoping to move more into acting or is comedy going to? Well, I'm a stand-up by nature, by trade. You know what I mean? Uh, it's right. what I do. It's my first love. Of course, we want to get TV. TV sale, TV equals more more ticket sales, more money. But yeah, it's it, it and and they're two different things. Obviously, I mean they're parallel, but acting's a lot of fun too, man. I mean I enjoy it. It's a craft. You got to put your time in. The, a lot of people have a big misconception about the business, you know, because especially with you could get YouTube famous or you know Instagram famous or TikTok famous and. That doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's still a skill. It's still a talent that you have to get a coach and go to class. And auditioning is very difficult. It's like stand-up. You got to keep getting up, getting up, getting up, getting up. There is no overnight successes in, in entertainment. People think there is, but there's not. There's a lot of work that went up to that. Right. Like you said, you put decades in before some of that stuff starts to happen. And Yeah, I've been 23 years and I've, and you know I'm finally on a show. I've had pilots after pilots that haven't gone and finally on something that people are actually enjoying and watching. And we're already hitting season four. What was it like to kind of step into Cobra Kai? Like when you, when you first forget that we all know that it's a sensation right now. Right. But when it first kind of came to you and they're like, Hey, they're thinking of kind of, you know, reimagining the karate kid, bringing same characters, bringing it into today, reflecting on it. It's sort of a, a continuation of the story. You know, what was there like some hesitation there? Like, oh, you know, because they've tried reboots before. Absolutely not. Listen, man, first off, I get the call. I'm in Jersey. I'm in Asbury Park doing the uh, Independence Theater over there. And my manager's like, yo, this, I didn't know what exactly what it was, but he's like, there's an internet show you know, it's paying, it's YouTube's premium network that they're doing, right? It was YouTube, right? Right, right, right. They're trying to start a streaming service. It's based on the Karate Kid. And you have to play a guy from Jersey, which I'm like, well, I don't need acting class for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but the, the fact that you get to work 
and get paid for it. I meant they were paying, which was great. I would have done it anyways, because you have to, like I said, when every chance you can to work, you work until you get to that top point, then you could be a little bit more selective. But, but when I heard it, I really didn't know what it was. I wasn't negative at all. I'm like, well, this I'll be getting right off the plane from Jersey and going to the audition. And then when I got to the studio, I'm like, wow, this is, you know, there's a lot of good people involved for an internet show, you know, because then you, you're, you're learning that Will Smith is executive producing it and that the guys that did Hot Tub Time Machine and Harold and Kumar that wrote it and directed it are involved. Then you find out that the original cast is involved. Then you're like, dude, this is great. I, it wasn't until I really got done with my show on Saturday and was heading back on, on Monday that I realized what it was. You know what I mean? Because then you start, I mean, I had to focus on the show because I was, you know, when you do a theater, you got to rent it out. You got to pay everybody. You got to do your merch. There's like a lot of stuff involved. And I knew I had the audition on Monday. So I was like, after the show, I'll focus on it and work at it on the plane. So then I got, when I was learning about it, I'm like, holy shit, this is going to be, this is going to be awesome, man. I had no idea it was going to be this. We all knew how we all know what a good job the writers did and what, you know, we knew how it was a good show and the people that knew about it on YouTube loved it, but I had no idea it was going to be this big of a success. You know what I mean? I had no idea. I had no idea that teenagers were going to love it. I remember when it got released, it was to drive traffic for the the new YouTube service, but they gave the first two for free. Right. And I remember watching it and I think everyone watched it. And I think just like me, I was like, oh, this is great, but I can't, this was just, this was sort of like pre you pay for 15 streaming services. Like now, every time one comes up, you're like, all right, I'll pay another $6. Back then it was kind of like, eh. so I watched the first two. And I think just like many, many people were like, oh, this is really good. <laughs> but then I didn't watch it. Because of course, you're, you're like, you know, right, that that was part of the problem. But people, there were just, we had diehard fans that knew, you know, remember we shot all three seasons two almost two years ago. Well, actually we shot the first two seasons almost two years ago. And then last season was over a year ago. Season four is the only one we're doing with Netflix. But I still remember the comments people were making about it. Online, everybody loved it. But in the industry, I know people were like, yeah, well, too bad it's on YouTube. You know, it's just any chance people can to crap on it. That, you know, people that hadn't seen it yet. And then then when they saw it, they were like, oh, wow, this is really good. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it was more unfortunate. It's like when mad about you did the reboot and they, they were on spectrum and nobody even knows what spectrum is. Now they're on Amazon prime. It was one of those shows that I think everyone who kind of saw it was like, Oh, I just, I can't, I can't pay for another thing. Plus YouTube was like harder to watch in a way. But once it went on Netflix, I mean, it became the number one sensation, like what within, within an hour, I felt like <laughs> it was like the number one, it was the number one show for, I don't, I forget how long. And then it was the number one show in the world. Like it's really big in South America. You, you could tell from your social media where you get people coming in from, you know, right. A right. lot of fans in Brazil. The show is, it, it is, it's fascinating the way they just kind of relook at all the events of the movie and almost make you rethink everything you thought in terms of Daniel being like, you know, the, the hero and like, and Johnny being the complete villain um, and kind of taking it from his point of view. It's well, I mean, if you also think about it, I mean, again, in typical 80s fashion, you really make a 17 year old a villain. You know, he's still a kid. Right. And then what's great about this show is you're not really rooting for or against anybody until really season three or at the end of season one, you, you know, you start rooting against 
Martin Cove, but then you're starting to learn about him. I don't know if you've watched it all yet. Have you? I mean, yeah, I'm all caught up. Yeah. All right. So, you know, when they're doing the Vietnam flashbacks or whatever, and you know, you see why he's the way he is. I, I just think it's interesting. And again, not to get too deep on it, but like there were these group of guys, me and my friends used to fight all the time that was at another high school. But if we went to high school together, we would have been friends, right? So it's just circumstances that people don't like each other, but everybody has a story and a reason. And, and I, and I think it's cool how they play that all. You see, you see everybody's backstory, you know? Yeah. They're, they're brilliantly bringing everyone back in. I mean, Elizabeth Shue coming back in all of them. And yeah, I, I do enjoy. So you play Louis LaRusso Jr. You're part of the the family work with Daniel and his wife at the car dealership. I mean, it's gotta be like just kind of a, an overall kick just to be part of this, this show, this, well now can I mean, it's just like, you're part of this thing now. Especially when, you know, what the year when I grew up as a kid, it was such a big movie. And I remember, you know, my mom was a single mom and she was from New Jersey. We moved to Florida. And I just remember uh, thinking, you know, there was a lot of similarities. Like his mom on the show uh, in the movie reminded me of my mom very much when, you know, hi boys, when they're like, nice car, Miss LaRusso. That was the type of stuff. We always made that analogy to my mom. And we watched, you know, you watch it as kids all the time. And then it just was really surreal to be a part of it. And especially being in the business that long, this as long as I have, it was really cool to get excited about something. You know what I mean? Right. And then for that thing to be successful, but it was it's really cool to be a part of the canon. Absolutely. Because my father in the movie is the one that's dying in the beginning of Cobra Kai, I mean of uh Karate Kid 2. Okay, got it. Remember, she's then he goes to Japan, but she's in bed, he's in bed. So that's my father. I love how they tie everything together, how they, they they just create these scenes. And then they, I don't know what it is about, everyone talks about Ralph Macchio looking like he has an age, but I don't I don't think William Zabka or Martin Cove look like they've really aged. There must've been something they were feeding them back in that original movie then. <laughs> well, I'll put it like this. Ralph is, I mean, you know, I think he's damn near 60. I mean, the guy looks phenomenal sometimes you know you do these shows you know, they do these reboots or reimagine and the characters they don't look exactly the same <laughs> you know what i mean it's like these guys look exactly the same it's like they must have been feeding him something on the set or something but when you say they fil- filmed season three was that at uh, the same time was that after it went on to netflix they then filmed it no i meant it was before we went to netflix Oh, because it, it always seemed like when they, it became such a huge hit and then they're like, we're going to get you season three. We're going in the production of the season. Well, what, what happened was, is that I think one and two had already aired. Right. So we had shot season three. And then when Netflix picked it up, they decided to hold it, push it. They aired the first two seasons and then premiered season three. And now we're shooting season four. But this is the first season produced by Netflix. So does YouTube have anything to do with it anymore? Or is it just completely just on Netflix now? No, it's 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 done. It's done. And then are you in season? You're in season four, I take it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For season two, you were in season one and season three. Yeah. Was it just, I know they they talk about characters kind of coming and going. Like they, they you know, and then they'll reintroduce characters later. It was We have a lot of characters, so. <laughs> There's a lot of characters. What are, do you have any cool stories from the set? Just working with Ralph, anything like that? Is there any? No, I mean, you know, they're just, I, I will say from top to bottom, you know, look, if I have anything negative, I don't say it. I'm indifferent. That set is one of the most pleasant I've ever been on. And it starts from top to bottom. It really does. You, you can always tell every executive producer on the show, every writer, 
every actor, every act, you know, everybody that I work with is phenomenal. I mean, I think Courtney is uh, who plays Ralph's wife is one of the funniest people uh, uh, to hang with. She's cool as hell. Uh, me and Dan that plays Anoush, we've been friends. We knew we knew of each other through comedy, but you know we hang out in real life. Uh, Ralph and and William are really great, and then of course you know the guys that that run the show, uh, Hayden, John, Josh. They're they're phenomenal. I mean, I'm not I'm not just saying it. It, it just it, there's not a weak link in the chain. And I've been on sets before where it's just you, you're like, what the heck, man? There's somebody that has an ego. And, you know, everybody's supposed to stay away from, yeah, just stuff like that. It's good to hear. It's always nice to hear the, the positive stories and yeah. the things are, are smooth and, and nice. Because I mean, they must all be so super excited just to be able to even just kind of build on everything that they did so many years ago. Like, what's what are the odds that, you know, like that type of thing would, would happen? Where they, Ralph and William and all of them just to get to. Uh, then you got the, uh, you know, Will Smith's production company people like Caleb. Um, he's uh, Jada's brother, Pinkett Smith's brother. He's phenomenal as a producer. I mean, th- there's just so many good working parts. Yeah, I love how they honor Mr. Miyagi and and just it's it's just so well done. It's like a child that like was sat there and watched him do that crane kick for the first time. And right. still be able to remember how you felt when that happened. And and you no, know, they tie in the nostalgia, but what's amazing, and this is what I would say too, man, again, which is cool to me. Everything I've ever done in the past, or anybody that actually ever knew of me was either a fan of comedy. And if they were a fan of stand-up and they like my comedy, then they're usually on the degenerate side. <laughs> right. <laughs> Now there's so many young kids and families that watch this show together. It's really cool to like have moms come up to you or dads and say, Hey, listen, my son's over there. He's a big fan of the show. Or I remember there was a group of kids wearing Cobra Kai shirts one time when I was in West Palm. I mean, it was like, I'd say about 10, 10 year olds and like eight groups of parents. They saw me sitting there and they're like, Oh my God, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm at the improv right here, you know? Then, because I was at West Palm, and they're right, like, right. "You mind, you know, scaring the kids, like going up to them and joking with them?" And I was like, "Absolutely, you know." And it's stuff like that that that's new that I'm experiencing now, which is a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, because you get a lot of, like I said, a lot of kids that are into the show and they're big fans of the show. It's almost like a professional wrestling type thing, where like you know. They don't know if you're real or not. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned uh, Ralph's wife on the show. And that to me is like one of the funniest kind of threads is whenever him and um, William get into a scene together and she's in it and she doesn't put up with their crap at all. Like she just <laughs> sees right there. Like to me, like that's the funniest thing. Like she's like, you too. You know what I mean? Like how they just kind of force them together and all that. And even uh, the person that plays uh, Johnny Lawrence's girlfriend on the show, how they just don't put up. They think it's so ridiculous yes, that they don't get along. Ridic- yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the scene when the two of them were in the car together singing. <laughs> so let's say you're awesome on the show. You're you're great. Thanks. You're really hilarious on the show. What was it like to beat the crap out of that car? Dude, it hurt, man. <laughs> that's a That's a great car. <laughs> you know what I mean? It really did. It's a beautiful <laughs> car. They didn't set it on fire, though. I mean, that's obviously effects. It's in behind it, but the to break the back, the taillights, and to smash the car in the window, it did hurt. It's a nice car. <laughs> it's got, it just needs a little work. Needs a little work. Well, you did. You did great. They had a good thread for you. You got to solve. You found the missing car and tracked down uh, 
Johnny's kid. That was, that was well, like I said, man, it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of working parts to the show. It's almost like not as many as game of Thrones, but still a lot to get any storylines or to get involved or just to be a part of it is, you know, it's, it's a blessing, man. Yeah. Season three was, was great also. And just in terms of how they tied in Karate Kid two and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's, it's very clever how the, the writers are going back to all the movies and, and building the nostalgia, but, but building off of it. So, so that's cool. So, you now now you have fans of all ages, you have um, a comedy show too, that you, you produced yourself and put out on YouTube principal's office. Yeah, I self-produced it about two, three years ago. Um, I put it online. We try to shop it. It was just at that time, it was, you know, it was right before everybody. I really, it was a gamble that I took. I got one offer, but it wasn't really that great. And I, I just realized that, you know, the goal is to get people to come to your shows. That's all I care about. You know, it's to get that product out there. So I, I built out a website. It's Brett Comedy, Brett with one T comedy.com. And I put it out for free. And we hit over 3 million views, uh, I think about a month ago. Then it was featured in Men's Health as one of the top five specials of 2018 or 2019. No, 2019. I think now's the best time to be an artist because you can just get stuff out there. You know what I mean? You don't, even if things are dragging, just get it out and move to the next project. You know what I mean? But it was a gamble that ended up paying off. It took about three years for it to pay off. Well, I'd say two and a half, but. It did. It, it paid off. It was a long, it was a long play, but I just put it out for free and people seem to like it. So over 3 million views is a big deal. That's, I mean, that's, that's really, really incredible for an hour special. It is man. It's, it's, it, I'm very lucky and they're all legit views that, you know, you can't, it's an hour. So, but I, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that people discovered it and, and it was picking up momentum before the show. So when the show came out, there's a lot of people that don't even know I do stand up. Like that mom that came up like the when I was at the improv. They're like, wait, why are you at the improv? It's like I was doing comedy twenty three years. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, but that's cool, right? So you got you got decades of comedy that are paying off, and then you uh, fortunate to be part of one of the number one shows, quality wise and culture wise, you know, in in the world and. So, I mean, that's coming together at the same time, you know, that's. I mean, it's definitely, I think, going to be synonymous with uh, the COVID years. You know, the shows, when you look through history, us, the Tiger King. Right. Um, there's a bunch that were like, because of COVID, everybody watched, you know. Yeah, no. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I, I think uh, people hate watch Tiger King, maybe, but like in love, love watch. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I, mean, I think we. I, I think, think yours, I think Cobra value. Guy. Yeah, I think. You Cobra know what guy I mean? Was. It's like there's that COVID era or that COVID yeah. time period in American history, and I, I'm willing to bet ten years from now, what were the top five COVID shows? I mean, what what would they be? They would be this uh, Mandalorian, Queen's Gambit, Queen's Gambit, yeah. Dude, there is some great TV being made now, you know? Right. WandaVision. You know, I haven't started that yet. Is it good? Are you into the MCU? Have you seen yeah, all the Marvel time. movies? Yeah, if you if you like that. Yeah, by the time you watch it, you'll be able to watch it all at the same time. It's fascinating. It's it to me, it's like it's really it, to me. I watch it and I think to myself, why do they bother making movies anymore? <laughs> right. Why don't you just make TV shows? It just seems so much easier than trying to jam everything into two hours that everyone's gonna complain about. And the Winter Soldier and Falcon one looks good too. That looks really good. That looks really yeah. good. Yeah, it's they do a great job. I mean, the whole idea of how they mix all those shows together, incredible. 
Now, if we can get Cobra Kai into that somehow into that universe, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perfect. I'll get bit by a spider or something. Yeah, if we can get if we can get you into a Marvel movie, that would be like the trifecta. Movie gets bit by a spider, then I'll be I'll be phenomenal. I hear there's a thousand Spider Men in the upcoming movie, so you there that isn't probably the the worst idea. <laughs> well, yeah, I think they're doing the parallel universe one, right? They're, they're yeah, yeah, that storyline. So yeah, some kind of multiverse and stuff. I think it's all being set up from WandaVision. I think she's gonna crack it or something. So I, I can't wait to see the the new Zack Snyder cut. I think that's gonna be really good for Justice League. I hope that is good. I really do. I, the previews are great, but Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder is great at doing previews. My claim to fame, one of my claim to fames uh, as a proud father is that my daughter is in Batman v Superman. You know, the scene where he's in the Day of the Dead, he goes to Mexico and there's, he's surrounded by all these people in the Day of the Dead. Yeah. And like, she's like one of the, one of the people there. They filmed that in Detroit. Really? Yeah. So Which one is she? She's just like one of the faces, like, you know, the little faces with the Day of the Dead makeup. <laughs> it was like, but my wife got to go down there. That was like 13 hours to film that. And it was another scene where he kind of flies down and he's holding a woman, but it was like, actually it was, they were holding a bag because it was windy or something. Uh-huh. But she said that one of the funniest things she ever saw was Henry Cavill fully dressed as Superman, leaning up against his car just off the set on his iPhone. <laughs> Just seeing Superman like that. There's no pictures or anything because they weren't allowed to bring anything. They couldn't even have their phones with them. So, yeah. But that that's my <laughs> that's my claim to fame. So, how else can people keep up with you on social media? Just go to uh, Brett Comedy, Brett with one T, comedy dot com. Brett with one T, but funny enough for two T's. Brett earns two T's, just not next to each other. <laughs> yeah, don't say that. Everybody always adds a T to my to, to my name, and I try to own the two T one, but there's a guy who has two T's. Ugh, damn him. Damn those two T Bretts. I know. Well, I'll just start an internet campaign. I, I appreciate you hanging out with me and I wish you so much more success. Thanks, buddy. I mean, hopefully I'll get to Detroit soon. So, All right, everyone. That was Brett Ernst, hilarious comedian, amazing actor, who's not excited for season four of Cobra Kai. I am. I am. So excited. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to see Brett in action in season four. While we're waiting for season four, head on over to YouTube right now and check out Brett's comedy special, Principal's Office. And when Brett comes to a comedy club in your town, grab a ticket. You won't regret it. He's super hilarious. As we get closer to the end of the show, you know what time it is. That's right. It's time for the hashtag roundup trend of the week. This week, we got a great one. Hashtag pandemic TV shows. That's right. We talked about some of the TV shows we've been watching because of the pandemic during the interview with Brett. But these are TV shows about a pandemic, sort of a mashup, a pandemic TV show mashup brought to you by Who's Your Mama Tags, hosted by CK on Hashtag Roundup. As always, grab the Hashtag Roundup app, play along with the hashtag games, and one of your tweets may show up on a future episode of the Jeff Dwoskin Show. All right, here we go. Here's some hilarious. Hashtag pandemic TV shows. The symptoms. Empty parks and recreations. Two's company. Three's a crowd. Boy avoids world. The empty streets of San Francisco. Hazmat is the new black. Stay in the house. These are some great pandemic TV shows. The intensive care bears. Curb your travel enthusiasm. Welcome back, coffer. Outbreaking bad. Last man standing six feet away. The glove boat. Come aboard. We're expecting you to stay six feet away. The bubonic woman. 
Little quarantined house on the prairie? Say yes to the mask. These are great hashtag pandemic TV shows. Isolate is enough. Locked Downton Abbey. Of course, everyone's favorite. Dancing with the stars. All right. Hey, those were some hashtag pandemic TV shows. Grab the hashtag around a bat, play along with us, and you too can show up on a future episode. As always, retweet all these good folks at Jeff Dwaskin Show on Twitter. They'll also be listed in the show notes. Show them some love. And that's it. I can't believe it. We're at the end of another episode. Episode 42 has come and gone. I want to thank Brett Ernst. I want to thank Ray for introducing us. And I want to thank all of you for coming back week after week after week. I can't thank you enough. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Jeff Dwoskin Show with your host, Jeff Dwoskin. Now go repeat everything you heard and sound like a genius. Catch us online at thejeffdwoskinshow.com or follow us on Twitter at Jeff Dwoskin Show. And we'll see you next time.